Hey Lloyd. Hey Rob. How's it going? We were man? just talking about how weird it was, and it was. Yeah. I'm glad that that happened. It's never not weird. Never, never not. What's going on? Well, we're recording a pretty special episode right now. We're not alone. Oh. We're not. <laughs> Are we ever alone? Is this the horror episode? <laughs> Or the or the religious episode, yeah. Oh. You can go horror if you like. Uh, why are we not alone? Uh, we're here with Kevin and Jason from the Too Much Coffee podcast. How's it going, fellas? Hey, morning. Oh, I'm great. What's going on? So, for those that pay attention to the socials, back in March we hung out with the guys on their show, Too Much Coffee, and it was excellent fun. So we would return the favor and have them on the show. Guys, do you want to introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about Too Much Coffee? Too Much Coffee is a show about music, movies, media, and tech. Is that too broad? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> this is the first time we've ever done a podcast, so we're 17 episodes deep. We're going to do number 18 today after we pod with you guys. So this is like, nice. like warm-up time. This is perfect. <laughs> Ooh, awesome. oh, I expect you guys to have warmed up before this. You have to oh, be on your top game for this show. I know. Because I shouldn't we... say it that way. That sounds terrible. <laughs> I was what I mean is, neighbors off doing vocal exercises. Yeah, what morning. I meant was for the last <laughs> yeah, few hours we've been practicing back and forth, getting ready. Oh, for this excellent! Show. Yeah, as as so, have I. By practice, you mean having burgers for dinner and drinking a bunch of beers, right? But uh, yeah, <laughs> what I mean is drinking a huge coffee and, and eating an enormous burrito from Burger King. That was our mind. oh, <laughs> nice. That's the solid start to a Saturday morning. <laughs> it's called an enormous burrito. Egg hyphen in hyphen. Uh, Ormus. What an amazing oh, name. I don't know why they do it that way. Egg enormous. Egg enormous. Yeah, that kind of implies that it's egg and a thing called an Ormus. Yeah. <laughs> egg and Ormus burrito. Look, look right. original, man. How did you guys come up with the media, movies, tech, and music for the, the podcast? Well, here's the problem. Every marketer will not shut up on Twitter about you need to niche, you teach someone how to be a poker player or teach someone how to sell Google ads or do one thing. And when, okay, so I work from home. We just, we were talking about this earlier. I work from home. I'm at a computer all day. I just listen to, I just need stuff to listen to in my ear when I'm doing, when I'm doing grunt work. Mm -hmm. So I go on YouTube and I pick these long form podcasts, videos, whatever, about things that interest me. And I listen to all sorts of stuff. So I have broad interests. And when we decided to do a show, I wanted to do a show about, you know, everything, but I felt mm -hmm. like I should constrain it in some way because <laughs> what I would really love to do is the Jason Fowler podcast, where I just talk about anything I feel like. <laughs> no form, fully free form could be two minutes, could be 25 hours <laughs> per episode. Yeah. Um, but you know, I guess you need some sort of constraints. So we're like, we just picked the four things, at the top of the list. That's awesome. The top it's kind of, of the, kind the, of the four same broadest topics. <laughs> I know. I know. It's a problem. It's, it's, kind of the it's kind of the same as us. Like I have ADD. There's no way that I could pick one topic and then spend the next year talking about that. It's bizarre to me. Yeah. It's bizarre. To me. Like you'll have a person whose entire show is, I teach you how to do a better podcast. It's like, how do you do that? Every week for Every four week? seasons. <laughs> yeah. I just want a variety entertainment show. I think about shows on TV. There are shows on TV where they just talk about stuff, entertainment today, any of that kind of stuff. Well, I, guess I hate all those shows. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shoot. <laughs> it's different. It's different. In podcasts. When you're doing the podcast, it's different. Yeah. Uh, 
so anyway, we do a show about music, movies, media, technology, and we basically choose a topic every week and we dive into it. So for the next episode, we're going to be talking about the Batman. I was oh, not going to talk about the Batman, but I did. I went to the theater and watched the Batman, and I'm I'm pretty stoked to talk about it. So we'll don't. Yeah, yeah, you talk about it. <laughs> don't give away everything for you. <laughs> you guys don't have to listen to the next episode of Too Much Coffee because we talked about it all now <laughs> on our show. <laughs> don't do that. Uh, that's exciting. How did the Kevin Jason Dream Team come about? How do you guys know? Oh, the Dream Team. Uh, well, Kevin is my <laughs> brother, as you as could probably be inferred. That we had. I did not know no, that. Didn't yeah. know that. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It just happened. Every now and then he'll just ask me to do something. Yeah, basically. <laughs> just do it. I get nice. I'm like, yeah, sure. I'm, yeah, I get ideas for projects. I'm a little bit like, of a yes man. <laughs> Somebody asked me to do something. Yeah, let's do it. Fuck it. Let's go. In other words, I strong armed him into being my co host. <laughs> All right. I see everyone's got a little beverage in their hands. We'll start with you, Lloyd. What, what's, uh, what's filling the mug, cup, or I guess hands today? We'll, we'll start with me because the, it's comforting to the listeners to get the same answer every single week. It is a Guinness out of a Guinness mug. No. Yeah, I know. Shocking. That's shocking. For those listening, we're on video, but you're not going to see it. What do you think I'm drinking, Lloyd? I don't think it's a oh, Guinness. Oh, frozen. Oh, no, I'm, I was, was thinking. Strong, that was a long look. Uh, <laughs> it, oh, and that's, it's you've a, got a good eye for Guinness. I thought I was stout. with the fact that it was a dark beer. Yeah. I tried to get something, the most coffee-related beer that I could in honor of our guests. Oh, thank uh, you. And I say that I ducked up to the bottle shop just this evening and they didn't have any coffee stouts, which is pretty standard. So I've got a hot chalk stout. Ooh, which wow, is another idea. hot drink. I, I would have preferred a coffee stout because hot chocolates. That sounds good. like it's got some bodies heft sounds delightful yeah it's all right could be could be worse it was on special which makes me assume that everyone else thinks it's terrible what have you guys got you got some some mugs or some cups well and, and listeners listeners bear in mind that it is 9 30 a.m where i am but it is also 9 30 in the morning where the georgians are that's right true which is why i'm holding and you can't see it but i'm holding the burger king coffee cup this morning you make it sound like Burger King have one coffee cup and they lent it to you. <laughs> the Burger King coffee cup. Look, they sponsored this video, so. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we, ain't, we, we ain't seen a cent of that. <laughs> Somebody on Twitter, the Coffee Buzz podcast, he's a cool guy on Twitter. He has a very short podcast that lasts something like five minutes. Just like and my Coffee of, Buzz, and then uh, I need yeah. another one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he recommended this coffee from this brewery in Texas. So I spent... $25 on a very small amount of coffee just because he said it was good. So it arrived a couple of days ago and I'm excited to try it, but I haven't tried it yet. Oh, nice. That's exciting. Instead, you have the Burger King coffee. Mm-hmm. Kevin, are you, are you, are you drinksless? I, I just finished my Lavazza coffee out of my Darkwing Duck mug. Nice. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Perfect. Good. So we're all, we're all loaded up on either dark beer or strong coffee. Perfect. Uh, there isn't right, a water so- drinker among us. <laughs> Yeah, Actually, right. I am drinking water. Kevin, oh, no, no, my coffee. I'm sorry. <laughs> no way. God. All right, Lloyd. I know you're in Boston, and I am in Perth, fellas. Where are you located in the world? Yeah, we're at the very top of Georgia, almost in South Carolina. Did I remember correctly from when we hung out with you last time that you're in Clarksville? Is that right? Clarks- Clarksville. Yes. Clarksville. That was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> we reside in gonna- Clarksville. <laughs> Do I sound that bad? Anyway, good. I, I remembered it. it up a little bit. So. I love it. I love it. 
So we normally do a little thing where we figure out how far we are apart in something vaguely related to this week's episode. And because normally our distance is Perth to Boston, it's like a, it's like a 2D distance, but now we've thrown Clarksville, Georgia in the mix. Let's add literally added a dimension. So Lloyd, this is going to blow your mind. I'm Google ready. maps. <laughs> Google maps does a, as the crow flies distance between places. And I put all three places in and made a, and made a shape between all of them. Is it a really thin, really long shape? Because we're probably <laughs> no, not that far it, apart. It is. I think they, they uh, account for the curvature of the earth. So oddly enough, it looked a little bit like a coffee bean. And so I was oh. like, oh, here nice. we go. There are, this is the biggest one we've ever done, Lloyd, because we're talking square, square kilometer area. So I went into my pot of coffee beans and I measured the area of a coffee bean. And it's not a lot. It was like 50 square millimeters. And you guys probably have no idea what a millimeter is, but it's a normal standard unit of measurement the rest of the world uses. (laughs) What's that real measurement? (laughs) It's real little. So light. And guys, there is between us in surface area. I actually had to Google how to say the number because it's so large. We've only gone, I think we've only gone up to billions or 900 millions in this segment before. Yeah, 900 million is the highest. Well, I'm going to blow that out of the water. Between us, in coffee beans, if it covered the surface area that is in the shape between the places that we reside in, there is one quintillion, 389 quadrillion, 491 trillion, 676 billion, and 200 million coffee beans from my cup. Wow. And I was going to look up how many cups of coffee that made, but I got tired. That was my next question. (laughs) Way too many. Yeah. That's all the intro stuff. Lloyd, what did we learn this week? Rob, we learned we wanted to make this a coffee special in honor of Kevin and Jason from the Too Much Coffee podcast. So we learned about a coffee called, and I've written it down so I remember it, probably <laughs> pro- probably pronounced wrong. Kopi, Definitely. Kopi Luwak is coffee made from poo. Oh, you say that. Yeah. It's made from beans that have been partially digested by an animal and then plucked out of the poo of an animal. We are mildly scientific on this show. <laughs> It's not just made from shit. Correct. <laughs> it is coffee beans, as you say, daintily plucked from the feces of the Asian palm civet, which is kind of like a, uh, a small jungle cat slash rodent. Is that is that probably the best way to describe it? I had cat slash ferret slash raccoon. Oh yeah, ferret. Pretty cute. It yeah. was kind of a, in a like a, a sleek, snaky kind of way. <laughs> like your favorite snake cat. <laughs> We'll never know the origin story, but I just want to know how it happened the first time. Oh, oh yeah. my God, so Who, much. Because it almost feels like some, somebody's like, like a dare or a sick <laughs> fetish where someone yep. became obsessed with it. And they, they, they knew that these things ate coffee beans. They loved coffee. And they were watching it. And they were, you know, spent a lot of time in the woods. They kept seeing this on the ground. They're like, oh, my God, I, wanted, I just want to make coffee to eat it so bad. Somebody had uh, to do it the first time. Yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah. Definitely. So, I mean, for everyone's benefit, I had to check because the yeah. first description I read was like, they eat the coffee things and then poop out the coffee things and then they make it into coffee and sell it. And I was like, we've missed like a critical cleaning step in there somewhere, <laughs> right? Someone's not just being like, nah, there's a few dirty beans, chuck them in the pot. It's going to be great. So I'm pretty sure someone cleans them at some point. Well, yeah, I'm sure you got to hose it off or something. <laughs> yeah. Cat, cat and the beans, just a little hose off. <laughs> They kept calling them coffee cherries, which is like what's over a bean. So they probably poop out 
a partially digested coffee cherry and then they've still got to get at the bean at the inside i don't know but yeah, so yeah, you, I think like, it's you, you lick it clean and then you get it into the bin <laughs> and actually somebody <laughs> that's how it started i was given some of that coffee years ago really it was a it was it was expensive it was a tiny tiny bag just made a few cups it was very Did good you? actually was it yeah yeah it was really good okay yeah, okay i didn't check the price but if we went on Amazon, it's a lot i can tell you right now yeah it is the most expensive coffee in the world. Typically, a hundred dollars per yeah. kilo. Well, wow. you know, up well you, between, you know, yeah, there you go. That's like that's the lowest between a hundred bucks US per kilo, yep. and up to like thirteen hundred dollars per kilo because you can get it wild copy luwak, which is like old school style picked up from shit you find in the forest or farmed. As with everything, here's something that can make us money. Let's. Let's concentrate it and make as much money as possible. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I don't know that I would have bought it myself, but uh, yeah, okay. somebody I'm, gave it to I'm me. I'm looking at it on Amazon. I at can the buy the coffee. Yeah, the coffee. I'm, I can buy three and a half ounces, 100 grams of this coffee for $103. <laughs> That's so <laughs> much. Uh, it was good, though. <laughs> Is, was it $100 good? Before people get excited and want to try this really good coffee, don't. Rob and I do have to say, the unintelligent chat show is going to take a stand. Do not buy this coffee. It is like so bad for the civet population. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, is it really? I, Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't. Re- I, I guess I didn't uh, know that it was uh, detrimental. Oh yeah. So I mean, it's one of those things. I think that that starts out as like the guy, you know, licking the shit off the berry and be like, "Let's make this into <laughs> coffee. See what happens." And then you start off. I think I read when it started globally, there was like something in the order of like 25 kilos of a coffee made and sold, which for like a, a product is tiny, right? Global yeah. production, 25 kilos. Now there's heaps more. I actually found an article from a guy that claimed to have discovered and popularized Kopi Luwak in the West. He said like in the 80s or 90s, he had some in, uh, in Java, uh, in Indonesia, and brought a sample back to he was like a buyer for some coffee house in the UK and he brought a sample back and was like, this is a gimmick. It's pretty funny. Here is some of this. And then all these like rich white people were like coffee from shit. Go get me some of that. And it took off. And then because, you know, demand increases, cost increases and, you know, profits for someone increases. So in the origin places for where civets live, which is kind of Indonesia, I think kind of other parts of Southeast Asia, like Vietnam and stuff, they just started capturing civets, putting them in cages and force feeding them coffee cherries in order to produce this stuff. So there's a strong animal cruelty part to this story, unfortunately, uh, which is why the UCS does not endorse Kapilowak coffee, but it is interesting to talk about but we will never buy it on, on the topic of it being supposedly delicious and also incredibly cruel to these animals. It's worse because of how these animals are treated. I read that the wild caught stuff, civets are incredibly picky with what they eat. So they're only Mm. choosing what they call the choicest berries. So probably like the perfect ripeness, the perfect age and, and the most delicious. Whereas when they're farmed, they're just given a ton of shit. So the coffee is worse quality and the animals are treated poorly yeah. and i think that, yeah they said like yeah, they're trying to make money yeah because they're stressed and in terrible conditions you know runs havoc with their vital functions and so yeah when you're nervous you crap weird yeah 
Same yeah, thing. it always happens. Somebody finds out something interesting or cool, and then everybody's like, oh my God, I can make so much money on this. Yeah, quick, let's ruin this as quickly as we can. Yeah. Damn it, humans. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And let's to be clear, yeah. yeah, me saying it's delicious is not me telling people to buy it. Yeah, for yeah, that right. Reason. Yeah, right. <laughs> I understood. We're just walking around the forest and picked up, you know. Listen, what you don't fine, know but... is that every for every birthday and holiday and Christmas, his standing, you know, uh, what he wants for every one of those is Kopi Luet. <laughs> every <laughs> birthday, please, please guys. I've got my own cage out back. I just, <laughs> oh, he makes you it the, hardcore. Uh, homegrown. All right. We had to say that. We had to take a stance, but let's do some funny, fun shit. Okay, yeah. good. Perfect. That's what we're all about. Yeah. What do you got, Rob? I just wanted to reiterate that, yeah, I think the natural, the wild Kopi Luwak, I think that's fine. If you're paying the person to put in the effort to track civets through the forest and pick up their shit, no yeah, yeah. worries. That is not a problem, which is probably why the stuff you had, Kev, tasted good. You probably had the legit stuff. Well, now I'm wondering, I'm wondering now, can you buy, it's, all right, so if I go to the grocery store, I can buy farm salmon or I can buy wild caught salmon. Mm -hmm. So is there two versions of Kopi Luwak? Definitely. Where I can buy wild you know, harvested. I don't know if it's as, as regulated. It's not at all. There isn't a single organization that, that regulates it. So while they two exist as separate things, it's mm. even that guy you spoke about, Rob, who mm. brought it to the UK, he said, it's almost impossible to tell where it came from. Yeah. And there's like all the, all the, you know, guys in Indonesia and Vietnam that are selling it and farming it, they sell it as wild copy the whack right? yeah, because yeah. there's someone that said, Ooh, the farm version is cool. I am only going to buy wild. So they just put, put a different sticker on it send it out and sell it for as much money, which is terrible. And there are hundreds of knockoffs as well. Right. It's produced in the same place. They just whack it in half and stick one sticker yeah. on this one and another sticker on that one. Yeah. It's like free range eggs where it doesn't really mean anything. It just means basically they open the door every now and then. Yeah. What? Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, in, it in Australia, we have real free range eggs, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think there's, there's free range and cage free and free range. All it means is they have a certain amount of square foot area to run in. Yeah. And it's not that big. It's not uh, yeah, I can't like a green term. field. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, we know people who have chickens, so that's how we get ours. Yeah, that's nice. good. That's the way. This is actually a pretty strong theme in the UCSU is that humans are terrible. We do a lot of really shitty things. It's come up before. <laughs> yeah, it's come up a few times. Yeah, it, there's just so many of us that, you know, just by math, a <laughs> yeah. certain amount of people are going to be willing to do awful stuff to make money. I, it turns yeah. out it's like 80%. <laughs> well, it's, it's not even that. It's just anywhere there's power. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Anywhere there's power, power is fucking brain poison. So yeah, yeah. Sucks. we're getting into it now. Let's get into <laughs> no, no, no. We're, too, we're taking it back to lighthearted. Fun stuff. Yeah, fun paying, stuff. Yeah. All right. Let me just pull out my copy of the 52 Laws of Power. I'm going to say you pull out your copy, Luwak. You shouldn't be doing that. We already said oh. we're not into it. Hey, now. I read somewhere that i think probably after its initial like global sensation some coffee experts i mean it's like wine they have coffee tasting yeah. people compared it directly to you know other high rating coffees but they were just like this is fine <laughs> no one yeah. was like this is amazing right. uh, they just said you know it's it's a little bit thin it tastes okay it doesn't rate as high as the highest coffees uh, it can't it's too hyped it can't yeah, be as definitely. Uh, and he was like, it's pretty much novelty value. Exactly. Uh, but there's, there's still, I think there's still quite high demand for it, which is, I read someone said that while it is smoother, it cuts out the like bitterness and acidity, really big coffee people. Like that's kind of what gives coffee its character. It's like 
that unique coffee flavor is just gone. It's just kind of inoffensive. I love how you're sounding as if you've drunk a bunch of coffee in your life, Lloyd. No, I said, people have said that other people <laughs> who like coffee have said this. <laughs> you said big coffee, like big coffee people are into it. Like you. B- big coffee like <laughs> me. Coffee Lloyd. <laughs> yeah. Lloyd. Co- Lloyd Coffee <laughs> Edwards. That's what they call me. My nickname in high school was Big Coffee. <laughs> <laughs> there are lots of things where, where most of the value is simply that it's expensive. I mean, just look at artwork, for instance. I mean, mm-hmm. this this principle applies to anything you can imagine, but... Like there, are, there's a lot of artwork that if you look at it, there's nothing impressive about it, but someone paid $10 million for it. So it gained status just from that. I think Rob and I are on the same page with this and we'll see if, if you two are as well, that so much of like my wife loves contemporary art and modern art. When we go to the museum, she wants to see that side of things. And I just don't, I don't get it. Like why, when I go to the, the museum of fine art in Boston, is there a huge canvas that's just painted black? <laughs> there was one of those in the... I remember at school going to some gallery in the capital here, Canberra, and it was just a white canvas. And I was like, why? And there's there's some contemporary art I like. And for me personally, my enjoyment of art comes from seeing something that I could never in a million years, not only not do, but I wouldn't even think of the idea. So there's some stuff that people do. It's just like mind blowing. But a black, I could paint a canvas black. And they just, yeah, there's always a paragraph under it where it like represents. That's like, the thing. Could you write the paragraph? I don't reckon you could. Of course I could. I could nah. do it. <laughs> I went to art school and you realize if you spend enough time, well, my conclusion was that you're constantly <laughs> being hustled by artists. It's a con job. So like you said, every art show, there's a piece of paper telling you why they made it. Mm. So mm. if you are the type of person that can come up with an idea, it doesn't matter how stupid it is, but if you can come up with an idea and you can explain it to people with enough sincerity, with a straight face, and you have enough friends, you can con a lot of people into thinking that you're creating beautiful artwork when, like you said, it's absolutely nothing. And if you keep track of of story, there, there are plenty of interesting stories of, I read one of a guy who sold an invisible uh, statue. Oh, piss off. Uh, He he drew, this is real. This happened, but he basically took a piece of chalk and drew a circle on the ground. He's like, here it is. And someone (laughs) paid him substantial money for this quote unquote statue that to me epitomizes modern art not to say there are many uh, very talented people making a lot of great stuff but that Mm. that's the type of stuff i think that we're talking about just complete nonsense it can be hard to pick out the good from the bad too yeah i like like modern art and stuff like that what annoys me is not that they're conning people if you if you can if you can sell an invisible statue kudos i'm all for that like <laughs> what annoys me is that i think so many of them believe that when they write that little paragraph they really believe they've created something that is representative of this like oh they haven't just been like i've just managed to sell this nothing for 10 million dollars what a bunch of idiots they're like this statue was the best thing anyone's ever created i think I they believe their price <laughs> yeah their own hype they think that they've like created this metaphor of life and i'm not an art person so i don't know I feel like for a lot of modern art too, a lot of it is very context sensitive. Like where if you're looking at an older, uh, you know, painting of some, uh, you know, from the middle ages, something like that, mm. they didn't have photography. So you're trying to represent something very realistically. You don't really need context for it, but for a lot yeah. of modern art, they do. Yeah. That's, that's, that's actually a great point. Yeah, and I was going to say. They're selling the context. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's a good point. I was going to say like some of my, like not huge into art, more of a music 
person, but some of my favorite art that I've seen in various museums is like someone probably in the middle ages or, you know, Renaissance period has painted what we would now take in a photograph and they've painted it perfectly. Yeah. To me, that is like a high level of skill. And I can oh, say yeah, yeah. like, shit, that's a good view. I, I can see it as you saw it which I appreciate that kind of art, but that's a great point about that. And if you start, if you begin to engage in painting yourself, you have even more of an appreciation for it because then you feel how hard it is. Oh, I, uh, <laughs> nope, never, ever going to paint anything. And I can appreciate some abstract art and some abstract art is like you say, I could do that. Um, very simply. Mm. But then again, there's also, you also get points if you're the first person to do something. I don't know if Jackson Pollock was the first guy to splash paint on a canvas the way he did, but he might've been, mm. but you do get some credit, you know, if you're yeah. like, Hey, I'm just going to punch a hole in this paint can swing it around over a canvas. Oh, that whole thing. Yeah. 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 That sucks. But for the first person. Yeah. Agree. Yeah, yeah. I mean, also too, some, I think some of it is a little bit like poetry where sometimes mm. people feel like they have to like get more out of it than they do when you can just, you can just read it for the pros. You don't necessarily have to try and get anything out of it. Yeah. Just the aesthetic quality yeah. without, without any sort of Kevin, you are really dropping some wisdom on this podcast today. Listen, yeah. Kevin, Kevin, I, like uh, all the stuff that you don't like, he likes. That's, 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 that's what's I mean, I grew up on obnoxious punk rock and noise music and stuff like that. So yeah. Nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've learned things I'm, about myself okay. in this podcast already because of Kevin. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. All right. All right. We, we, that was, that was a wonderful tangent of opinion and debate. I actually have some interesting facts that I learned. <laughs> so everything that you guys said just before, <laughs> we don't give a shit about. We're here for facts. Hell yeah. Cut it out. Yeah. Edit it out. <laughs> oh, that, yeah. That's getting cut for sure. <laughs> I thought you, were on, you thought you were on this episode? No, you guys are getting cut. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to be talking about some some drinks, Rob. If you have some more civet or coffee-specific stuff that you want to <laughs> no, touch on. After I read all about the civet stuff, I was like, wow, i got to bring this back. And I searched, this is the words that I searched, great products from poop. That's where <laughs> almost, comes from. almost what I searched for. And there's like, then there's half a page of toilet humor, <laughs> which is pretty <laughs> on point for our show, I guess. It's not bad. Well, I, I have a... One of my drinks is a poop drink. So why don't I do my one poop drink that you probably have? And then Are you we'll, we'll drink, a, do your poop drink. Are you going to drink a poop drink? Is that what's happening? This wasn't a Guinness. <laughs> <laughs> Did you read about panda tea? <laughs> no. Panda tea? It's, it's tea made with panda poo. Of course mm. it is. And we thought that Kopi Luwak or whatever it is, it was expensive. Panda tea for 50 grams $3,500. Oh, God. Ooh, oh, that's too much. And based on how much of the tea leaves you need to make a, a cup, it's about 220 bucks for a cup of tea. Wow. So is this, is this a panda? Well, pandas eat bamboo. bamboo. Does bamboo have leaves? Are we talking about extracting leaves out of panda poop in order to make tea, or are we putting panda poop into other leaves to make tea? I believe the tea leaves are fermented in panda poop. Fascinating. Uh, What's okay? Look, you're going to put hot water on it. It'll kill the germs. Yeah, yeah. you say fascinating. I say profiteering. <laughs> yeah. It says that pandas only digest 30% of the leaves they eat. Yeah, pandas are pretty stupid animals, like meant, uh, you know, in oh, yeah. character and also like physiologically, they're stupid animals. <laughs> yeah. They, they should be extinct. Yeah, they just need to eat all day in order to survive. And there's just videos of them <laughs> yeah. doing the dumbest shit. They just shit. bamboo all the time. Who knows why? Yeah, they don't have yeah. good sense. Yeah. 
<laughs> there's some really funny quotes from a zoologists that work with panda. I can't remember them verbatim, but basically she just gets so angry at them. She's okay, like, they have no right to exist. <laughs> She's like, it's basically, I, I went, I have a PhD in zoology and it's my responsibility to babysit these stupid animals. <laughs> you see all those like videos on Facebook of like, the more you know, that- at um at like sanctuaries in China and stuff, and this man is just doing the dumbest shit. Zookeepers are like, "Oh my god, sit over here while I clean your shit." And pandas like, but they just Ooh. fall out of trees. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they are adorable yeah. though. They are yeah, adorable, and I love them, funny. and I hope they never go extinct because they're wonderful creatures. But they're idiots. Real silly. So I saw on the article I read from the guy that imported Copy Luwak for the first time to the UK and ruined half the world. That he was like, since then. I've seen poop products from any animal that you can think of in order to try and make a buck, which is disappointing. Like elephant coffee and weird jungle cats eating something and making it into, I don't even know what, but don't, just don't buy. Now I'm picturing someone who's got, all right. So someone is going out there collecting leaves, everything they can get from animal poop. But like, someone's let, like let's sifting through some up. poop to see if there's anything edible in there. Oh yeah, we could use that. <laughs> Come on. Well, you could you could really uh you could really have a new market and have celebrities eat coffee and then poop it out. It's been done. That. It's been done. It? Yep. Gwyneth Paltrow would sell that in two. Oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> Her company oh, would sell too. all of that. Yeah. yeah. What what is it? Gloop or something? What's her stupid company? Uh, is it Goop? Goop. Yeah. yeah Goop. I'm not even going to tell you what she said. I don't even want to oh, say it's it on awful. podcast. I don't want to get you <laughs> censored in some way. But oh, she, we already mark every right, episode so. as strongly explicit, so you can do whatever you want. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, she sells a candle that is uh, scented like you know the nether. Yeah, that's right. Secret parts. <laughs> about that. Is that what they call it in Georgia? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also saw uh, she posted on Instagram or something that. Every morning she has a cup of alkaline water with lemon juice in it. And someone was like, does she not realize that the acidity of the lemon juice counteracts the alkaline water? So she's just drinking water. And That's what I'm wondering. Is she doing that on purpose? Like to to balance like pH balanced water or is that a, (laughs) I think she's an idiot. No, She's actually actually doing science Lloyd. Yeah. She actually has a script that just tells her the pH tries to get exactly seven. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Speaking of nonsense, I, my toilet Google. So it pains me to say, but the first two results were this Buzzfeed 21 products that'll make you truly love pooping. We're back on clickbait again. Yeah. And the Huff Post, the best products to help you poop better. And uh, it made me angry, but I clicked on them for the purposes of research. Okay. And this is what will make you truly love pooping. And I imagine, I imagine it's true for you guys because at the moment, pooping, you know, it's just a chore. You really just need to really get into it. So you can get yourself. You have to embrace the process. Yeah. You can get yourself a squatty potty, squatty potty. uh, Those are amazing. They're amazing. Are you talking about the little stool that you put? I don't know. It allows your legs to come up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's a game changer. Do you have You'll make fun of it. I haven't bought one yet, but I used one. You use one and you'll be like, all right, shit, I shouldn't have made fun of it. It, it is revolutionary. Is that you that's, talking that's heard, to your product? <laughs> all right, shit. <laughs> okay, well, apparently that's normal, so I will skip over that one. Uh, <laughs> motion-activated light within the toilet bowl to help with nighttime aiming. So you walk into the toilet, little blue oh glow God. in the bowl, and you can just, just aim for the light. It's perfect. Isn't this type you poop better? I'm not looking in the bowl. Well, I guess it's just toilet-related products, Lloyd. I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not a BuzzFeed author. Just as a quick thing, like I, I feel like 
bathroom technology and using the bathroom is so archaic. Like until you get to Japan. Women don't yeah. understand this, but you can have perfect aim and and pee right in the bowl. And that stuff is still like splashing around. And, and I just, I'll, I'll look at this and I think this is insane. Yeah. Just, <laughs> I tried so that's hard. Why you, that's why you just sit down when you pee. You can't. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, and there's shame, there's, there's shame and stigma, but I that guess. is the logical is way to do it. If you, don't want, of time. if you don't want pee splashed all over your floor and wall from peeing. <laughs> but anyway, you, you I say just, you had perfect aim, but you've splashed it on the floor and no, the no, walls no, no. and the yes, ceiling. No. <laughs> yes. You can pee right in the center of your toilet bowl. And it will still, it's like shrapnel. Flat, flat. That's right. There's just something so archaic about it. I, I don't yeah. know. I feel like in, in this year, we should be able to come up with some better. If someone out there is listening to this, raise some money, get some VC funding and come up with something that is, works better than nah. these toilet seats. Instead of that, I'll just sell you a toilet NFT and you can feel like yes. you own something better. It'll be great. Other poop-related products. You can get this. This one's like, I'm kind of into this one. You can get shelves that you can stack all of your, to- instead of just putting the toilet rolls on that little stick on the ground, you can stack them on this shelf such that the toilet rolls form like a pleasing cloud shape or a sheep. Ooh. I think that's quite good. <laughs> nice. Walk into your bathroom yeah, and like, that's, that's a nice good. toilet paper cloud. This is a clean toilet paper, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> multicolored toilet paper that's good i guess uh i quite like this one it's a, a sticker set or a decal set that uh, i guess once your toilet is clean or before you install it maybe you, you put on the inside of the bowl and it makes the bowl look like the sarlacc pit from star wars so it's all like tentacles <laughs> in the mouth and stuff so you're peeing into the, i'm into that i would get that and it looks like over fat is trying to crawl out or some soldier <laughs> oh yeah we're looking at it. It's quite good. And then this one, the water saving sink, this is genuinely a real good idea. And some friends of ours who live around the corner from us here have one. And that's the first time I saw one in person. I was like, it's amazing. The sink where you wash your hands is on top of the cistern for the toilet. So oh, when yeah. you wash your hands, it just puts out enough water through the tap to fill the cistern, which normally happens in a toilet. So you can flush again, but you wash your hands in that. What a saving. The UCS yeah, podcast is. is all about sustainability. That's very cool. And I think that could be, I like it, but I think it could be engineered slightly. I've, I'm imagining water splashing all over the mouth. It the seems like everything that, you do in tiny, the toilet splashes everywhere. Yeah, look, at that, look at that tiny <laughs> sink. I like it. It's a great idea. I'm just, it looks like it it's could just bad. be made a bit bigger. I agree. The one our yeah. friends have is similarly small, but like you manage for the planet. But that's, uh, that's clever. The HuffPost one was not as good, but there was poop like a champion ultra fiber cereal. <laughs> strong advertising <laughs> oh and then like a genuine another genuinely good product there are a couple of toilet paper subscription services which sounds gimmicky but they are 100 recycled and use zero plastic and they deliver toilet paper to you and we actually have one there's a couple of products who gives a crap and how we roll i assume they exist in the us as well great business names oh yeah they're all the, the whole marketing and everything is all toilet puns oh yeah, yeah. which is great which is why we signed up not for the planet, nice. for the puns, but they, they're like, <laughs> here's like 48 rolls of toilet paper delivered to your house. And you're like, great. Thanks very much. And it's like your next 48 toilet paper roll delivery will be in 16 weeks, which sounds like an appropriate amount of time. We, we, we just like, don't use that much toilet paper and they deliver it unless you actively cancel it. So my wife gets the emails and she missed one. So we now have like a hundred toilet paper rolls because we've got to cancel one. They just <laughs> deliver them. So if you all ever need any toilet paper, I can provide. 
You know, people keep trying to sell the bidet and it's just not catching on around here. Bottom of the list is a bidet on this. Yeah, manner. I have friends that, that use it and they they swear by it. They yeah, have you, like have you tried it? I haven't, but I'm going to their house. They live in in Tennessee. I'm going in May and I'm gonna try it and I'll I'll report back. But the so the <laughs> the argument that they use, right, is if you're out somewhere and you get some poop on your arm and someone hands you a piece of toilet paper and you wipe it off. Are you good with that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Are you, are you happy with that? No, you're going to scrub different when the it's your arm living when it's daylights your out of your arm. Right. right. I thought you were going to be like, <laughs> with toilet paper, you just get poop all over you. So with a bidet, it's much cleaner. <laughs> when you get poop, oh, wow, this is devolved. The last thing I have to say about Poop Lloyd, and it's a good one. You may have caught on through the last few episodes of our show that we do research for our topics. I say research, we Google a bunch of stuff. And whenever I Google something, I always, I always check or always catches my eye at least the, this is what other people are Googling on this topic. Like other people mm-hmm. have also asked. And because we, we tend to Google some dumb shit, there are people that Google some dumber shit, like just the dumbest. And so I Googled this stuff about, like I Googled poop essentially for this topic, <laughs> great products from poop. Oh, <laughs> and there was, in the thought of this. there was some other ones. And the, the first one was, I don't know, no, that was me. I Googled that. How do I poop fun? I don't think I meant that. Um, I know, What's I was the looking... answer? <laughs> that is the bougiest thing you could type. How how can I make uh, taking uh, a jump? Oh, no, no, no. That was someone. That was someone else. It was how do I poop fun? I was like, what? And I checked the link and it was, unfortunately, there was no one telling someone how to poop fun. It was just a link for fun poop puns which is still good. Uh, but the next one was my favorite and it was someone's gone. Why is my poop great? <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? Is your poop great? And there was like a whole bunch of articles about it. And it was like, why does pooping feel so good? <laughs> Apparently there's a book by some real doctors. that's called, what's your poop telling you? And there's a term called pooforia as in Ooh, euphoria. <laughs> yeah. So apparently a bowel movement can stimulate the, oh, I'm going to say this wrong, the vagus nerve, which is definitely wrong. Vagus? Vagus. Oh, yeah, yeah. I nerve. think it's vagus. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Uh, <laughs> which runs from the brainstem to your colon. And when stimulated, can give you chills, drop your heart rate and your blood pressure and leave you lightheaded and relaxed. Imagine wow. that poop. So that that's like... If you're that's lightheaded it. after you poop, there's a problem. <laughs> yeah, well, no, no, that's no, an no. iron deficiency, my friend. Well, <laughs> well, no, you can get a great feeling through this like minor lightheadedness from a solidly placed poop, but you don't want to you don't want to have too big a poop because you can do that to excess, uh, yeah. and you can, <laughs> you can go too far and trigger uh, defecation syncope, which is the same thing, but it's too much and you pass out from pooping. <laughs> Wasn't wow. there wasn't there an episode of uh, House about this? That sounds right. Yeah, <laughs> there's an episode, and it was lupus in the end. Yeah. <laughs> um, there are, anything anything good. There's always a person who takes it too far. So always. like, yeah, of course, if you got to go to the bathroom, then you go, you're relieved. But then so, you know, some people are just like obsessed with that. Oh, I'm just gonna hold it as long as I can, and then when I finally go, it's gonna be so awesome. I'm gonna poop. So and they're probably they're probably image boards about it, and like uh, you know, no, chat, Pinterest, chat boards. my best. Poop. 
<laughs> All right, Lloyd, what other poop-related shit have you got? I got expensive drinks. So oh, I was like, what- we're talking about poop, Lloyd, not drinks, but this started with coffee, so carry on. Ex- the world's most expensive coffee. It's all, it's linear. It makes sense. Makes sense. How much do you guys think the most expensive drink in the world costs? What's the unit? Like one serve of drink? No, it's, it's, a, it's a bottle. Okay, so what, like how big is the bottle though? Come on. Like like a, a wine, like a- okay. uh, to, uh, ooh, 100, no, uh, 1.6 million. Georgians well, yeah. Correctly. Now, you, if you could get into like some antique stuff, you're like, oh, this is a bottle of wine by, from Napoleon. Okay, so mm-hmm. this this you is definitely pay a lot of money for something like that. This is retail price. This isn't like this uh, is just a drink. Yeah. Buy, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I know you can buy a bottle of Cristal for four hundred bucks. So it's got to be more <laughs> than that because that's like that's like pleb. It's know? a little more than that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, probably something ridiculous, like a hundred thousand dollars for a bottle of something. Right, so okay. we, we're like quite far apart. Yeah, I'll, I'll go the other side and do four million. Ooh, All right. Okay. It is Henri the Fourth's Cognac Grand Champagne, and it's two million dollars a bottle. Ooh. Now, why? What's the justification? Oh, it. So when Rob got real mad about clickbait titles, this makes me equally when as angry. I still <laughs> am mad. Yes, I love this. Okay. <laughs> this is I call bullshit on all the top most expensive liquors and waters. So the bottle is dipped in gold and platinum and is adorned with 6,500 diamonds. And the champagne's just this guy's piss. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just cheap, whatever. And then you pour it in a nice bottle. Yeah. yeah so so that really for a diamond encrusted bottle. That's the dumbest. And I, I was like, all right, I'll just find the most expensive thing that isn't like that. They're all like that. They all have stupid <laughs> diamonds on them. There was some New Year's party with, for like celebrities and it was just a regular, it was a like four or $5,000 cocktail. Regular cocktail, they just put a diamond in the bottom of it. It doesn't count. You're just buying a diamond in a weird box. It's so annoying. Yeah, could I, could I just have a beer, please? I don't want your five thousand dollar cocktail. I would like to get uh, drunk for a hundred. I have bucks. a key. Can I have a keystone with a yeah, yeah. band three when diamonds you, on it? Please? When you put the diamond in it, it makes it alkaline, so that's good. <laughs> oh <Yeah>. damn! Baller. <laughs> I, I got angry with drinks and decided good. to do most expensive liquids in the world. So why don't you guys guess the liquid and the dollar amount per liter for the most expensive liquid in the world? Hmm. Oh, I don't know. Uh, uh, oil right now, I think. <laughs> I feel like it had some chemical or something. I don't know. It's some some like super rare liquid chemical. That's yeah. maybe. Or it's like liquid diamond for making cocktails for rich people. <laughs> it's something that you, you all would know. You liquefy platinum? Is that... <laughs> Plutonium. It is scorpion venom. Oh, oh, interesting. Why is that so expensive? Well, it's incredibly rare, incredibly difficult to get, and it has really, you really just powerful. Milk the scorpions? Medicinal. Yeah. <laughs> Take a crack at it, Rob. <laughs> and it's used as a, it's a really potent painkiller and um, has like antibiotic properties. So it's used in medicine. Uh, it's $10.3 million a liter. Wow, that's crazy. A lot of scorpions, I'm sure. To put that in perspective, the second most expensive is uh, cobra venom, which is 500,000 a liter. Wow. So it's 20 times more expensive than the next. must be because you can only get the tiniest amount of scorpion venom out of a a sting or a scorpion. Snakes, you can like, people do that. People extract venom from snakes. That's a real thing. And it's like, like, I guess, an, an industry for making antibodies and stuff, but. Yeah, they spit out a decent amount. I think because scorpions aren't like, yeah, it doesn't have the same. I'm literally making stuff up now. I have no idea. <laughs> Sounds right. We can't afford it. Sorry, Lloyd. But imagine having a liter of scorpion venom. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome to just have on your shelf. Like, just keep it in your hey, what's that? Yeah. Uh, oh, that's a liter of scorpion venom. Yeah. <laughs> do you not? Do you not have? Do you not have some scorpion venom? Just take like and a little dropper and. 
put it in each of your drinks. Like, oh, I just have a little scorpion venom in my beer. Get a little dropper out. Yeah. yeah. All right, I'm good. Well, part part one. That seems like a yeah. That's that was that was a lot in that. I'm excited. Uh, so now, too much coffee. What did y'all learn this week? We learned a lot about the. Uh, how would you say it? We learned about the revolutionary history of coffee. I did not realize that coffee. If you spend even five minutes looking into the history of coffee, and specifically, we were looking at times in history when coffee was banned. Yes. So we're talking like a you know three hundred to four hundred year run of coffee being banned in different places, and it all sort of is over the same basic reason, which is yeah. that whenever you have coffee in a place, you end up with coffee houses, and, and that's funny too because I, I guess I think of coffee houses as a new and bougie thing, but like from day one when people were making coffee, there were coffee houses, and people yeah. would get together. People, the common man, <laughs> would get together. <laughs> Drink coffee because it's a, it's a very affordable drink. So you, you can get together in these places, you, you buy a coffee, and then you talk about and you plan. You plan. What? You learn. You share news. You talk about the people in charge. And, you know, this was a revolutionary thing it, many times during history. I had no idea. It was fascinating. Like, do you think it's because with coffee, like people have been drinking booze for as long as there have been people, right? Do you think it's when people drink booze, conversation just degrades? as is happening now. But when you drink coffee, everyone's like, it's morning time. And everyone's like a little bit switched on. And they're like, yeah, we should be doing something about these problems. That is one of the inferences that the authors of these articles draw is that hmm. booze, people drink a lot more booze in the past. And people drink booze for breakfast. But Lloyd. some of us still do. Uh, <laughs> because I guess in a lot of places, I'm no historian. I just go, you know, I just go by the articles I'm reading. But these people were saying that a lot of times in a lot of places, the water was not nearly safe to drink as it is now today. Mm. So you would drink something safer and that's, that's booze. I drink uh, plenty of beer, but I don't know what it would be like to just like, <laughs> just it's drink not, beer. It, you yeah. know, <laughs> well, in our culture, at least people I grew up around and stuff, there's a time of day when it's acceptable to drink beer and it's not midday. in the morning. It's midday and not casting aspersions, <laughs> of course, but you know, it's like, Boys. Oh, five o'clock. You are now allowed to drink beer. Oh, five o'clock. I was five yeah, hours you know, early. Something like that. Well, that's, that's the classic. Nowadays, it's more like lunchtime, really. Yeah. We don't have a big... I, don't, I think it's maybe maybe because we don't have pub culture. Yeah. Where you don't mm. just like hop in at lunch and have a pint uh, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I, I don't know what it would be like to start off the day with beer. Yeah. It's it's worse. It, no, it's better. It's better than you expect. We've only done it since we've been like catching up by a video since Lloyd moved. I never used to be a morning beer person. I was like, I would wake up and be like, I cannot even think about beer, even if I hadn't drunk the night before. But now it's fine. Normalize it. It's good for you. I will say that I, I've had this thought before as well. Even just watching like fictionalized movies and TV shows that they just drink wine and beer all the time. I'm like, surely you're just like thirsty and have a headache all the time. But yeah, yeah, yeah. this is purely anecdotal. I don't have a reference for this, but I remember reading that it's really like they did drink like that back in the day, but it's really watered down. So like, oh, right, right. it's not like they're drinking 10% wine and 6% beers like constantly. Yeah. It's like I really, really thin. That. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's all different. It couldn't have been the same. Yeah. Tell us more about banned coffee. Yeah. So anyway, we're looking into the history of why coffee was banned. The revolutionary drink coffee. The exact origins of coffee are somewhat shrouded in mystery. It comes from Africa, comes from mm -hmm. Ethiopia, made its way through the Arabian countries and into Europe you know, and everywhere. So we've got some interesting stories here of times when coffee was banned. All right. First one, 1511, Mecca. Mm. 
Can you pronounce the guy's name? I also read this. Uh, I can. I can certainly try. Please. <laughs> it's a staple. Kair Beg Al Mimar. Perfect. I have like it. it. Oh, Kair Beg Al Mimar. Just go. <laughs> Governor of Mecca. I really thought you were going to say Governor of Mexico. Governor of Mexico. <laughs> different... Mexico back in 1511 <laughs> yeah. when, the Arab, when the Arabs conquered Mexico and <laughs> occupying it. Mexico City. He saw the people, I think what just what what seems to have bothered him is that people were spending more time in coffee houses than attending to their prayers. So mm-hmm. he saw saw coffee as an impediment to uh, you know, good Muslim life. So yeah. he said, We gotta ban this. Banned. And <laughs> what's funny is that yeah, well, the history of co- when you read about all this history, history of coffee being banned, it's a little bit like prohibition was in the United States. It just never yeah. worked. Yeah. People yeah. just love it too much. So no matter how many times they ban it, there's a great story. We'll get to it in just a second. There's a great story of, I mean, just the absolute um, punishment that they would bring upon you for <laughs> for breaking this rule. For drinking bean juice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's see. 1570, they banned coffee houses because they wanted people to go to church or, well, I call it church, but, you know, mosques. Go to mosques. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So people, they wanted people to go to mosques and not to coffee houses. They bound them. And they said here that coffee houses almost became like speakeasies, you know, where you had to know where to go. Like they That's were so hidden. Cool. Password just hidden to get your, like, your morning caffeine fix. That would be stressful. Oh, yeah. You had to. <laughs> where is yeah. it today? There's a speakeasy in Boston that's like it's a bakery and you go down the side of the bakery and there's a curtain. And we're like, this is so cool. We go in, we open the curtain and immediately the hostess is like, do you have a reservation? And we were like, this is a fucking speakeasy. I'm not supposed to be able to call and make opposite. a reservation. What are you thinking <laughs> So we left. Yeah, all you need is a password. Yeah. yeah. And then they give you a bunch of coffee. And you're like, well, I can't yeah. for beer. I didn't expect this kind of speakeasy. <laughs> I love this one. This is from the year 1600. Coffee is, is making its way into Europe. Oh, just beginning so to make its way into Europe. And because it came from the Muslim world, the Catholic world was a little uneasy about it just because of that. Hmm. And they wanted the Pope, Pope Clement VIII, to ban it. They were calling it the Devil's Brew. <laughs> Such a good name. It's so enticing. Oh, doesn't that make you want to drink every day? <laughs> Devil's Brew. This black, evil brew. <laughs> and so they wanted the Pope to ban coffee, but he's, he, this is one of those stories where it's like, is this really true? I want to think it's true because it's so good, but Look, the coffee, the, that. I believe it's true. The, the Pope is like, well, let me just try a cup and we'll get to the bottom of this. So yeah, I'll just check. Hit. I'll just check this devil's <laughs> brew. Let me just check. This yeah. is fine. If I'm the Pope, if Satan's in this cup and I take a drink, I'll know it. So let <laughs> do, you me- reckon he, <laughs> do you reckon he did the same thing with abstinence? Everyone was like, you can't have sex with imagining. It's like, hold on, I just got to try this real quick and I'll let you know. <laughs> well, oh, according Lordy. to the story, he tastes the coffee and he said uh, he liked it so much. He said, we'll fool Satan by baptizing it and making it a truly Christian beverage. <laughs> well, thanks, Pope. And that was that. I had the Pope's seal of approval. Coffee was all good. And just take um, a coffee. Beer. I, I read that. He said it's it's so delicious it would be a pity to let the infidels have it to themselves. Yes. <laughs> but even that in itself is quite ironic because in the Arab world they were trying to ban it because it was ruining their religious practices because people were just catching up for coffee yeah. instead of prayers. <laughs> yeah. Oh lordy. Just serve coffee at the mosque. Problem solved. Yeah, no, you think so. That's, That's what all churches do now. You go to church and then hey, afterwards they all have coffee. <laughs> Yeah. No, they then, all, then you're caffeinated for your prayers. Where's the grand? Where's the, where's where's the grand advisor? They all have advisors. Where's this guy at? Why didn't he just bring that up? Hey, yeah, serve coffee at the mosque. What's the problem? Fools. 
All right, this is the, this is the one where it's like this is so over the top. Ottoman Empire, <laughs> 1633, and I'll do the name since you'd like that. Please do. Ottoman, <laughs> Ottoman Sultan Murad the Fourth. Ah, that's quite good. Yep. He didn't like coffee shops because he thought they were dens of sedition <laughs> and plotting, and he didn't want people getting together in these coffee shops and t- I don't know talking shit about him <laughs> I don't know what kind of ruler was but people were getting together exactly talking shit making plans getting together having a cup and just talking about man this guy he doesn't know what's going on this guy sucks we got to do <laughs> so he banned coffee houses but drinking coffee at home was okay that just sounds like covid yeah. it's like you can't go out but you can have like 30 people over for a barbecue at your house but, <laughs> but all the restaurants are closed but as long as you're outside at your house drinking coffee it's fine very specific rules yeah 1656, Grand Vizier Kuprilli closed coffee houses and prohibited coffee. Now, here was this is the this is the interesting. So if they caught you drinking the prohibited coffee, the first violation was punished punished with cudgeling. <laughs> cudgeling? Do people even is have cudgels a, anymore? Being just beaten with a club. That's yeah. <laughs> Cudgeling. <laughs> I, assume, I assume they just beat your ass with some kind of club or a blackjack looking thing. Or do they mis- misspell cuddling? It's just like, oh. first defense, just a bit of a cuddle. The guy in the courtroom is like, oh, cuddling? Oh, that sounds good. Oh, cudgeling? That would actually be even more hilarious because the ramp up to level two is hilarious. So you go from first, first violation is cuddling. Second violation, the offender is sewn into a leather bag and thrown into the Bosphorus. Which I assume is a river. <laughs> Yes, yeah, <laughs> that, Sandy, is, Sandy. that is beyond hardcore. Now, yeah. it might be one of those, and I don't know, it might be one of those punishments for like, this is what we're going to do, and then nobody ever actually gets it. But I don't know. I reckon it happened. Well, because everyone was like, oh, I'm going to have a cup of coffee. We'll have a little hug. Have another sip of coffee. Drowning in the river, sewn inside a cow's skin. They probably hand him his cup and like, enjoy your coffee in hell, and they sew him in the bag <laughs> and throw him in the river. You son of a bitch. I can and, see being like among among your mates in this time and being like, let's have some coffee. Like maybe, maybe the town guard will come and like beat us, but like let's have some coffee and let's like make some plans. But if they came out with a law that you would be sewn into a bag and thrown into a river, I'd be done. I'm good. <laughs> I don't I'm need not, any more yeah. coffee, you guys. <laughs> I, my rebellious streak is not so hot that I <laughs> yeah. would risk that. Lots of tea's got caffeine in it. Yeah, drink tea. <laughs> Bingo. Let's go to the tea house. Yeah, yeah but it's not as rebellion inspiring as coffee, and that's what we're all yeah. about. True. It's, yeah, because by the power. Yeah. All right, <laughs> December sixteen seventy five. Charles II of England. Oh. Bans coffee houses again. <laughs> <laughs> Same old thing. All through it. He called them seminaries of sedition. Just <laughs> say you're a great album name. Sounds like a metal oh, record. Yeah, it does sound like oh. a metal record. In a in a in an almost completely illegible font. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, and the the really hard looking metal guys on the cover, and they're all drinking a cup of coffee with those yeah. hard. Oh man. <laughs> but it's a really tiny cup. <laughs> oh, I can, so cup. I can see yeah. them on stage and they're like head banging and playing their instruments like crazy, and the like the double kick is just hitting, and they they start drinking coffee. <laughs> Fuck the power. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, King Frederick of Prussia, 1777. He had a problem with coffee because he said that the the, uh, lower classes should be drinking beer instead. And it seems like his biggest problem is all this money is leaving the country (laughs) because of all this coffee that's being imported. We need to keep it in-house. People need to be drinking beer. 
He even issued the Coffee and Beer Manifesto, encouraging the lower classes to drink beer, not coffee. And after like, you know, trying to ban coffee, coffee houses, stuff like that, it wasn't working. He's like, I know what I'll do. I'll just start a state run coffee roaster Genius. and we'll make all the money like that. Bri Ger German brilliance. And that's exactly <laughs> what he did. In 1781, he established a state coffee roasting monopoly in Germany and he forbade the commoners to roast their own coffee plebs. And he even hired, it says he even hired 400 disabled soldiers. <laughs> they were called sniffers and their job was to catch anyone roasting coffee without a permit. That is <laughs> the best fucking job. It's brilliant. Like, so they just getting, walked around the city, just like, well, they were disabled lawyers. So they probably limped around the city. I love to think of it that way where they're just walking around, maybe even a version of an ear trumpet, but hooked up. To <laughs> <laughs> and you're just pointing yourself around like a divining rod, like, yeah, coffee. Where's the coffee? And you're knocking in people's houses and like <laughs> looking you for coffee roasts, kicking down doors, looking for beans. Come on. <laughs> I know you're roasting coffee. Get on the Smell floor. It. Oh, like the coffee, the coffee Gestapo. Oh, no. Exactly. Yeah. The forerunners. <laughs> it all started with coffee. <laughs> Oh man. So, I mean, that's just, it's just kind of those stories repeated over and over again. It's either a, an issue of money, B an issue of people talking shit about the government and yeah. the people don't like it or C people are neglecting their religious duties to go to coffee houses. I read and that, that is it it's like, those three stories repeated over and over and over again. At the beginning, it was like, 15 whatever 11 you said 15 11 and then it was like 15 yeah. 20 someone else tries to ban coffee 15 50 someone tries to ban uh -huh. coffee 15 77 and it's like every 20 years someone's got a problem with something that's happening <laughs> and they blame coffee and look here we are still drinking coffee yeah True. It, by the time you get to about 1900 that i mean that's pretty much that stuff is pretty much over it ran its course yeah, everyone's given up <laughs> everybody's like all right we'll just this we'll is just drink the devil juice and carry on <laughs> Say, all right, I'll cap it off with this. This is a quote from a guy named William Harrison Euchers from a book called All About Coffee. Mm. It says, one of the most interesting facts in the history of the coffee drink is that wherever it's been introduced, it's spelled revolution. <laughs> been the world's most radical drink and that its function has always been to make people think. And when the people began to think, they became dangerous to tyrants and to foes of liberty of thought and action. Jesus. Hey, that guy is that trying to sell some coffee. Sell some books. Yeah, he probably does some, some books. books. Yeah, far out. Like it's pretty good. But I have a morning coffee every day, and I don't get to my desk, and I'm like, "How am I going to throw this company in the garbage?" Fuck the man. <laughs> yeah. I do. I do like the idea that there's some property in, like, in the bean of, of a coffee that makes you rebellious and revolutionary. <laughs> yeah. They've got decaf coffee. They should have de rebellion coffee. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I guess that's why I'm such a docile worker bee. I don't drink coffee, so I just like. <laughs> about my business imagine how much you could fight the man lloyd yeah. i should start those should. rage against machine guys drink a lot of coffee that's why their band ended up the way it was exactly yeah. so angry <laughs> fight the power chuck d coffee drinker bob dylan coffee drinker all important people lloyd coffee drinkers how do you expect this podcast to be any success while you're just sitting there drinking beers yeah i don't have a good answer i know <laughs> i know one of the other ones in that list of people that banned coffee was a guy in Sweden, also King Frederick, I think. He was importing coffee and putting high high import taxes on it in order to make a little sweet dollar as people got into the coffee. And 
it's <laughs> all the other punishments are like being thrown in the river or being beaten or being killed. And this guy was like, if you don't pay your taxes, I'm going to confiscate your coffee pots and your mugs. And then you can't have coffee ever again. Damn. You son of a oh. bitch. Take away <laughs> the implements. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah, so you can have as many coffee beans as you want, but you can't have any cups. That is so fun. Quite easily get more cups. Yeah, it's like one of the easiest things to make. <laughs> We're going to come here. Every, somebody's going to kick in your door every day and smash every cup in your house. <laughs> like, again? And there's just God a floor. <laughs> the floor is full of smashed <laughs> cups where they just come in and throw them on the floor. <laughs> we teach you to drink coffee and not pay your taxes. <laughs> you see, bitches. You, uh, you alluded at the beginning that uh, coffee originated in Africa, in Ethiopia. Did you read the origin? I say origin story. It's probably more like origin folklore. Yeah, that's yeah. what it feels like to me. Like, it's probably just... That, that kind of stuff is probably always apocryphal, but supposedly the story goes that uh, some goat herd was walking around and noticed that when his when his goat would eat these berries, it would get it would it wouldn't be able to sleep like it would be so, <laughs> it had so much energy it wouldn't sleep. Oh, and I so guess that got man. him thinking like, oh, well, you know, what's going on here and decided to, I don't know, make make a drink out of it. Yeah, his name. He, he had a name. Caldi. Caldi the goat yeah. herder. <laughs> It feels like one of those stories that's probably was a general observation that coalesced into some, yeah, turned it into one person's experience. Yeah, definitely. But um, because imagine being a goat herder whose name is remembered like 3,000 years later. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. How can you imagine that? He'd be dead, Lloyd. He doesn't give a shit. (laughs) Okay, cool. Uh, (laughs) But apparently, so I read two different things. So this Caldi guy sees his goats having a real good time after eating certain berries. And he tells this to the man in charge at the local monastery. And they're like, you know what we should do? We should cook these berries and turn them into a drink. Hence the first cup of coffee. But I like the uh, this other one. That was later. But originally, they just took the berries or the beans and crushed them up and made them into like the world's first energy bar. It's like Ethiopians like getting Ooh. pretty sleepy at midday and were like, here's some crushed up, I don't know, probably some kind of bread product with coffee beans in it, snack on that. You'll be good for the rest of the day. That's pretty cool, actually. Yeah, I reckon it's quite good. But like, it shows that so many things have changed. This is in, by the way, uh, like the ninth century. Uh, yeah, yeah. So what are we, like a thousand years ago? Nothing has changed. I get sleepy at midday after lunch. <laughs> I need a coffee. And these guys chomping on on coffee power bars <laughs> at midday after a little bit of goat herding. It's all insane. dope. Three o'clock every day. I remember watching a documentary. This crew was following a hunter-gatherer tribe in Africa. And one of the guys, like, first of all, it was like really funny. He was always playing pranks on the documentary crew in his like leotard carrying his spear. He was hilarious. But he said that he loves honey and honeycomb. Like it's his favorite thing in the world. And if he finds a tree with like a, a beehive with a bunch of honeycomb, he climbs it and he says, I eat so much of this honey that I feel sick and I fall asleep at the bottom of the tree. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, you have a food addiction. You're a hunter gatherer <laughs> and you binge, you binge eat junk food. What a hilarious human trait. Yeah. He's the only, he's the only hunter gatherer in history to get diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> Just stop. Yeah. Oh man. I, yeah, I like, love it. I, everybody in the village is talking about him. They're like, this layabout, like he just climbs trees and eats honey. Passes <laughs> <Yeah>. out. <laughs> but it's funny that, like, yeah, we're like honestly, we're all the same. 
It's just yeah. in a different context, right? We just all do the same dumb yeah. shit. Yeah, that's how I think about it. It's like any group of people would grow up basically. I mean, I guess there are some differences, you know, if you have it, whatever. But basically, any group of people, if you put them in a certain situation, it's going to be basically, they'll, they'll act basically the same. They'll do the same stuff. You develop your own culture over time and stuff like that. But yeah, unless you've got a little, you know, a couple of psychopaths in your group, then, you know, they act a little differently. But in general, yeah. people are pretty similar. Oh, yeah. um, I have some just general coffee fun facts. After the goat herd, I, I got very confused between Ethiopia and Yemen. But I think around the time coffee was discovered, part of what is now Ethiopia was part of Yemen at the time. They're quite close now, but at the time, Yemen extended into Ethiopia. And the first coffee ban, I think before Mecca, in 1511 there was a bunch of like yemeni merchants that were like this stuff is the shit and they put a ban on anyone removing coffee trees or coffee berries from yemen or ethiopia from the region to anywhere else so that they had a direct monopoly on trade to the rest of the arab world at the time great business plan but it first got out in a classic classic format in the early 1600s when a dutch east india company trader Pieter van de Broek uh, smuggled out some beans like Dutch East India Company did a lot of things but most of it seemed bad right they were I mean they're, they're a corp they were the first corporation so they did yeah, all the yeah. first another thing we've talked about things. and I wrote here Dutch East India Company DEIC more like the Dutch exploitation of international countries <laughs> pretty <laughs> much what they did <laughs> Uh, but anyway, he stole some coffee plants from Yemen, and apparently those plants that he stole are like the grandparent, great-great-great-great-great-grandparent plants of all the coffee plants that are now in Java, which is a massive producer of coffee now in Indonesia. Which is There was a story, and I don't remember the names or the details exactly, but there was a story of a guy in history who wanted to get some coffee beans, you know, like a lot of people did. And the king said, no, we're not going to do that, understandably. <laughs> But he yeah, had because a, it leads guy, to people trying to overthrow me. Yeah, <laughs> he said, "No, you can't have any of our coffee beans." But what had happened was, for some reason, this guy had a good relationship with the princess. I don't know what that was all about. But when he was leaving, he <laughs> gave her, she gave him a bouquet of flowers, and he discovered tucked into the bouquet were tons of coffee seeds. So he Damn. took those back. To his That's country. quite good. So she smuggled the coffee out. Yeah, that was. Similarly, there's another story about another guy that first took coffee to India, which is also another large producer of coffee now. He smuggled some seeds out of the Ethiopia-Yemen region in his beard. Ooh. Oh, that's cool. Him really? in and I was like, no, I got nothing. It's fine. <laughs> Genius. He's lucky that the coffee smellers weren't there. The sniffers. <laughs> sniffers. Can't, yeah. can't smell the seeds, Lloyd. you got to grow uh, the plants. Rob, Rob. They the were berries. They're professional coffee snippers. They <laughs> can smell the professional snippers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Sorry. So I, I did some research on, well, my first thought was where is coffee banned today, which took me to what is coffee like in North Korea? Mm. And Oh, shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah that's I good. won't talk too long about North Korea, but they have a burgeoning coffee culture with like coffee houses and coffee shops because students who came back to North Korea and South Korean companies that hired North Koreans have just like started this coffee culture and they have these beautiful coffee shops. I saw pictures like they look like hipster wooden chalk menus. They're like what you'd see in New York, but yeah. they're empty 
Yeah, all the pictures, there's like four people in them, even though they're supposed to be coffee houses. But those would be, it's, be- it's like that whole thing. If you go and do a tour of North Korea, they take you to all of the media friendly places, right? Surely. So all the pictures you're seeing are like, here are our, here's our burgeoning coffee culture. And yeah. it's places that are modeled off Western countries to show that. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. The other side of it though, is that if you wanted to buy a cup of coffee in North Korea as an average worker, it's like three months wages. <laughs> what? Yeah. That's how expensive a cup of coffee is in North Korea. Well, how expensive a coffee is and how underpaid. Yeah, exactly. Right, 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 right. Wow. But then I, and I, I can't remember how I got this link. I don't know what joined it up, but then I went to coffee on the ISS in space (laughs) and they have coffee on the ISS for a long time. They had this, like the size of a normal coffee machine that heated water and gave you a little like bag, a little baggie of water that you drank with a straw. And there was a, a astronaut, Don Don Petit, American astronaut, who and they, they've Rob and I have talked about this on previous episodes about how food plays a role in being in space because it's like mm. social and and good for morale. And he he was noticing that they were missing having a cup of coffee and like feeling normal and just like socializing, s- sipping a cup of coffee. So he invented a zero G coffee mug, what? and it's it's unbelievable if you can watch the video watch it because it's mind-blowing he just got a piece of plastic awesome he got a piece of plastic and he he made it into like a teardrop shape with this like space tape which is like flame retardant and using his knowledge of surface chemistry even in zero gravity you pour coffee or you put coffee into this cup and it like naturally flows to the top corner of this like the pointed side so in zero gravity no matter where it is the coffee is always sitting at the lip and you can just like drink it and it will always sit at the lip. So it's just like oh, sipping out damn. of a coffee cup. That's, That's cool. Awesome. I showed this to Kim. My wife is a scientist and she did not think it was cool, but that is cool. <laughs> it magically floats to the surface using surface chemistry. And, and he made that he made it on the ISS. He had spare pieces of plastic and while like floating in zero gravity, like made a coffee cup. See, this is why this is why engineering is the coolest thing ever. Nah. Some I'm engineering at is <laughs> Some of it's whatever real you boring. call the discipline that, de- de- that develops this, that is so cool. I'm and looking you, at this cup that you're talking about. If you watch his interview, I, I watched like he was on, I think he was on a podcast, and the guy is just like this adorable, really awkward, sciencey astronaut who's just like really yeah. excited about his coffee cup. And it was just like he's so passionate about it and he's so smart. And just like one, to have the idea, and two, to be on a space station and make it like, man. Yeah, yeah. Because I know in like the space station, you can't have anything that's like puts particles out. So like anything like crumbs and stuff like that. Right. It just floats around and gets all apart. So I imagine coffee is kind of complicated to make. Well, in the I'm imagining burning like like globules of burning coffee just floating through the <laughs> just alarm like bell. Uh, read, one read, one poured read, the coffee, coffee has escaped in like a blub, and you're like, I'm just gonna sip some of that. i I have a quote here before i get to the quote actually he said one of the the issues with drinking out of a cup in space is that liquid in zero gravity is incredibly sticky so it's once you've put it in something it's really hard to get out because it's touching so much of the surface it like Mm. won't leave but he said before he invented the the cup he said you could dip your tongue in the cup and lick the hot coffee out or you could throw it you could throw it out of the cup and suck down the scalding blob that forms in the air. What wow. a life. <laughs> Good morning. That is fabulous. 
most of what I talk about on this podcast is either pirates or space. As Rob mostly say. pirates recently. Fair enough. What are astronauts if not the pirates of space, Rob? They are not raping and pillaging other astronauts. <laughs> what if they were though? That's what they were doing. We actually the don't know. In between, I've never been there. How, how would I know? How would I know? Somebody just takes one of the escape pods and just travels around. <laughs> It's a, it's a version of hazing whenever a new person shows up at the ISS. And like, oh, I'm here. I'm ready to get to work. Not quite yet. No, yeah, just hold yeah. on one second. You got Drink a little something we do before people get started up here. Oh, Walking boy. the plank is actually just like floating out. Yeah, see ya. <laughs> Guess who drinks the most coffee? I, uh, I looked this up too. So right, then you, sh- you shut up. I, did, I didn't look it up, but it, it has to be a Middle Eastern country because they nope. drink a ton of coffee. No? All right. India? Yeah. Any thoughts? Um, that's a good question. I don't know. Just, just <laughs> I guess shot. no, zero thoughts. <laughs> uh, it is the Netherlands, apparently. Oh, interesting. Per capita, they drink the most coffee. It's probably because they go to coffee shops and get a cup of coffee and then get high as fuck and just keep drinking. They forgot coffee, that they yeah. went to the coffee shop. Yes. Like, Let's, go back. Let's go to the coffee shop. <laughs> Three or four times in the same day. <laughs> that part of Central Europe. Just they consume coffee like it, they're running out. It's unreal how much coffee that like Scandinavia and, and Netherlands that's, drinks. That's where I was going. Second and third is Finland and Sweden. But I get yeah. that. They drink huge amounts of coffee for half the year to stave off the endless depression that comes with constant <laughs> darkness during winter. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I studied in Sweden for six months a number of years ago, and it's true. They just drink so much <laughs> coffee. Like, what are we going to do today? Oh, it's 3 p.m. It's dark. Let's go get a bunch of coffee. It's going to be great. So you said it's dark like six months of the uh, year? It's exaggeration, but the, you know, the, the further north you go, the darker it gets over winter. So we're in like Sweden proper during the middle of winter. It's getting dark at like 4 p.m. Uh-huh. And light. Very short days. Yeah, and light in the morning at like, you know, 9 a.m. So it's a pretty short oh, day. Wow. And when wow. we were there, we went up to the Arctic Circle to like the top of Sweden. And there it was like that kind of daytime is like a couple of hours where the sun kind of just peaks over the horizon and then dips back mm. down. And it's just like, you, you get kind of like sunrise and then sunset within two hours and then it's dark the rest mm. of the time. It's chaos. It's they cool. probably have a melatonin problem. Their body is telling them all the time, it's time to sleep, it's dark outside. <laughs> well, they you have to drink a lot of coffee. Yeah, drink a bunch of coffee. And their gyms have like UV rooms, like light rooms mm, where you can go yeah. and just like feel as if you're in the sun because everyone's so deeply depressed during winter. You need that vitamin D anyways. They yeah. need yeah. that. You always need the D. I live in... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I got him. <laughs> Rob, did you find the the least, least drunken areas of coffee, the areas of the world that drink the least coffee? No. It's, it's pretty... Sh- it, I would never have guessed. Ever. Oh, uh, I'm going to guess. I mean, like, uh, like Pacific Islands, like Fiji and Tonga. Oh, fairly good educated guess, but no. Okay. Georgians, want to hazard a guess? Uh, Tuvalu. I don't know. <laughs> uh... Somewhere where they've got something way better. Yeah. I mean, is there, is it a place where they drink tea instead or just coffee hasn't penetrated? I think um, per- I, Paraguay, Uruguay, and whatever's touching those two countries. How about that? <laughs> I have to imagine it. It's because of tea. It's Nepal, India, and Pakistan. What? Oh, interesting. Yeah. It was shocking. Those three countries would have been close to the top of my list. Is it antithetical to Buddhism in some way that they don't drink coffee? That's a really good theory, actually. That's worth a Google. They have those teas where you drink tea and have hallucinations, right? That's the thing. That's probably way better than coffee. 
Oh, I don't know. Oh yeah. Some native American tea. Yeah. Acid tea. Some, some ayahuasca. ayahuasca, some ayahuasca. What is it called? Ayahuasca. There you go. Is it? We, um, I don't know if it's tea, but you drink it. We have a, a comedic duo in Australia called Hamish and Andy, and they've done a bunch of international like tours that they film in a TV show here. And I'm pretty sure they went to somewhere in the Amazon and did something like that and drank tea. It was hilarious. <laughs> and look, to top it off, coffee's apparently, it's, it's not a hallucinogenic substance. Apparently, it's quite, <laughs> like all things where humanity's like, this is quite delicious and we would like to keep doing it but not feel bad about ourselves. It's really good for you because it's full of antioxidants. That's like- Sure, yeah. That's the most, that's like the ultimate health word, right? Oh, is it good for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got so many antioxidants. It's so good for no you. No alkaline. Oh, yeah. bro. <laughs> wow. Exactly. But it, not it comes specific. with- <laughs> also Polyphenols and, and, and <laughs> antioxidants. The caffeine helps you focus. Mm. Uh, et cetera, it comes et with the usual caveats though. It's good for you as long as you have it with no cream, no sugar, no other additives, and as part of a healthy, balanced diet. Damn it. And exercise seven days a week. <laughs> yeah. Can't just drink coffee and feel great. Well, uh, I do drink my coffee black, but uh, I don't exercise. I eat reasonably well. <laughs> That's good enough. Two out of three is not so bad. <laughs> Yeah, you're getting to the age, you're going to start lifting something heavy every once in a while or something like that. No, that's, you know, you get to the age and that's bad for you. You should lift heavy things. <laughs> yeah, well, there are tons of, if you look it up, there are tons of articles that talk about the health benefits of coffee. I have no doubt that. But I reckon it's one I, of those things. It's probably a bag, like, you know, like many things are. Yeah. You could Google Trade-offs. like, you know, eating shit health benefits and there would be articles <laughs> that are like, oh, actually, there was a bunch yeah. of antioxidants in your own shit. Everyone is incentivized to find the health benefits of drinking coffee because we all want to drink coffee. Who wants to not yeah. drink coffee? Lloyd. They're going to talk to you about, oh, caffeine's good because of this and the polyphenols do that and you get these antioxidants and we'll just ignore all the whatever. I don't know. Yeah, you Everything. just get like a minor addiction if you don't have it. You feel terrible. It's fine. Don't worry about it. There's one article about the downsides and it's written by me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I get shaky and sad. Here's why coffee will literally kill you. Well, they do say that if you don't drink, you know, if you drink coffee a lot and then you don't drink it when they get a headache. And every yeah. once in a while, I try that. Um, just I've, just I haven't to keep got it real. Just to see. Yeah. <laughs> just to see. And so far, I haven't gotten any headaches. Oh, so, nice. You're immune. As far as I can tell, all good. There's I, I days. Actually, I go like a couple of days just without coffee. I get like jittery and I start getting headaches and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I think it's, yeah. it's legit. I think it depends on the level of co- amount of coffee you drink as well. Right. Another interesting thing too is that some people say it affects your hearing. Oh, hmm. and I had actually noticed that, like, when at the height of my coffee drinking, I I, I started to think I was going like I was getting tinnitus because everything sounded kind of muffled. Really? And when I cut back on it, it actually like fixed it. So I, I don't wonder know. if that's like that's increased really blood true. pressure or something. Yeah, maybe I don't know. That's I, that is fascinating. I have never heard that. Yeah, no, maybe that maybe that's what it is. Your blood your blood is so constricted, your ears stop working. Yeah, it may Shit. be. All right, tomorrow, tomorrow, I'm going to drink all the coffee I have in the house and I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have on coffee. Unless anyone's got anything else interesting to add, we should wrap it up. I'm tapped. Yeah, I think unless the Georgians have got more to add, I think that's a good stopping point. I, I think we've covered yeah, the high points. Yeah. They have good. names, Lloyd. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the Georgians. I like that. That's just what that's what I, I say when I, I'm talking to Rob or talking to my wife. She's like, You recording? I'm like, Yeah, I'm talking to Rob and the Georgians. Because she's like, <laughs> Kim doesn't know who Kevin and Jason are. Yeah. She right. knows that the Georgians are the coffee guys the that Georgians. we record with. <laughs> So thank you guys for joining us. It has been most excellent. For those listening, make sure to check out Too Much Coffee on, I assume you all are on all, all the platforms. You're on Spotify. I yep. assume you're on Apple. All the things. Yeah, all, all the things. Check them out. Do you have a preferred 
preferred place to direct people? YouTube is my preferred. Check Hit us out. up on Twitter, t- Twitter at TMC Brewing. We spend a lot of time on Twitter. Yeah, nice. do that. Hit up too much coffee on Twitter or on YouTube. And uh, Lloyd, for those that want to listen to more of our episodes, where can they find us? We are also on most of the major podcast platforms, Twitter at the UCS pod, Instagram at the UCS podcast, and you can email us at the UCS podcast at gmail.com. Wonderful. Well, thank you guys so much again for joining us and I'm sure we will catch up with you all soon. Uh, But until then, everyone say goodbye to the listeners. Goodbye. Goodbye. Cheers. (laughs) Cheerio.